0: Welcome back to the Adventure Geeks Podcast.
1: This is Ray, barely awake, but Ray is here, and as well as I. Mr. Eric. I'm also (laughs) barely awake. Uh,
0: We're actually recording together again.
1: Yep, I came down for a surprise visit.
0: Yeah, it's always nice. Um, So yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about the She-Hulk TV series on Disney Plus. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, also on Disney Plus. Yep, And we're going to talk about our favorite comics of, I guess... The year yeah of
1: 2022 um, yeah what,
0: like end of 2021 into 2022
1: what we've read in 2022 or the series came out in 2022 so yeah i mean yeah. it didn't doesn't have to have come out in 2022 but a couple of mine came out in uh
0: like at the end of 2020 or started in 2021 yeah, i was gonna say then, i
1: think some of mine did too
0: and then uh kept going
1: into 2022 so um yeah, so let's get into She Hulk. So this came out what, like a few months ago, right? So we're a little far behind on it. Yeah, I think the finale was in October. Yeah. I wanna say. It did not take precedence over the other stuff we talked about.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> uh I mean what what was your overall thought so, of the show?
1: For what they aimed it to be, I thought it was good which is it's supposed to be a legal comedy. My issue with it was if you're going to go down a legal comedy route in my head that's a 15 to 20 episode season and there's not really an overarching plot. Yeah. Because you you it's almost it's it's like you would um set up like a comedy like uh Parks and Rec or or a legal show like Law & Order. Like, not all the episodes connect. And you have a few episodes at a time that deal with one case. Yeah. Um, I think that's where this show fails. This show doesn't, like, they try to jam down, like, a overarching plot. But then all the episodes are kind of all over the place with that plot. Like, they try to do a half and half of let's stick with one case per per episode but let's throw in a little bit of the overarching plot every other episode so it's I thought it was a mess um i still think that um Tatiana Maslany plays a really good She Hulk yep and i really love the relationship she has with Matt Murdock um other than that though i wasn't a huge oh and uh, the abomination was great
0: yeah, uh, I mean, I thought, I mean, the little bits of, like, legal stuff they had in there were yeah. pretty good. Like, I enjoyed, like, how, uh, what was it, the episode with the immortal man, how yeah. his uh, ex-husbands and wives were, like, taking him for money and stuff. I yeah. thought that was kind of, like, like the little parts they had were kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole part where the, the episode where uh, She-Hulk had to, like, Proved that she had the rights to She-Hulk from Titania. Like, I thought... I thought that little courtroom stuff was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like,
0: it would have been... I mean, I understand why they can't, like, completely focus on it. But it would have been cool if that was, like, a main focus of... Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Some of the episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like... I mean, I didn't expect, like, you know, like, a Law & Order or, like, an Ally McBeal or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like, something that was just pure courtroom. But I think for the most part, like... That was kind of what I thought it was going to be. Um, I think I, re- I enjoyed the first episode, like how she got her powers and when she mm-hmm. was just hanging out with Hulk. And yep. That was kind of
1: cool. But I think it was, I mean, I get it. I get why they did it, but I felt like it was a little bit rushed.
0: It did feel like, a, I think the whole series felt a little rushed. Yeah, I think. How many um, episodes
1: was it? Eight?
0: It was like Nine.
1: Eight or nine, yeah, yeah, nine. Nine episodes, I think, for what they were trying to do with this was a little too short.
0: Yeah, and I mean, th- it had like some good moments in it, like especially like I actually really liked her her parents, like her father, like the mm-hmm. moments that she had with her father yeah. in there were really good, like especially like after like the the scene where like she got attacked by the wrecking crew, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm your father. I'm not just gonna you know not let you get hurt, even if you're a Hulk." Like I thought, like. Those were cool, and like her her like little family moments were cool, but there wasn't a lot of that.
1: Right, and I think they threw in, for the nine episodes, they threw in way too many cam- cameos. Because every episode basically had a cameo with a different character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, and, a, I mean, a lot of fourth wall breaking. I get that's part of She-Hulk's character, but, I mean, it doesn't need to be a constant thing.
0: It didn't. So, like, when it comes to, like, the Deadpool movies in this, for, like, at least fourth wall breaking, I don't think it was done the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, it definitely felt like it was done, but I don't know, it just didn't feel the same. Like, you know, because Deadpool would actually do it, I feel like, the right way. But, like, with her, like, even in the comics, like, if you read the old John Byrne run, like, she was doing it all the time. I mean, she hasn't, like, done it in, like, some of her more recent ones. But the John Byrne run is one of the ones that stands out to me where she would do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was just, like, I don't know. It didn't feel the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it, it almost sounded like every episode started with her fourth wall breaking. Yeah. And my, my th- I don't know, it fourth wall breaking in general, I think, like... Is a little weird to me because, like, why can this character fourth wall break, but the others can't? Yeah. Like, do the others not know they're in a TV show, and she's the only one that does? Or do they know and they just ignore that fact? Yeah. Yeah, I... Like, I don't need it explained, but, like, it is kind of something to note.
0: It was... It was... I don't know. It didn't feel right. But, but on the other side, like, I liked some of her her coworkers. Like, I liked mm-hmm. her... What's her friend's name? Nikki? Yep. I liked her. She was mm-hmm. really good. Like that one episode where she was basically in charge of the Immortal Man yep. case. That was really cool. And I actually surprisingly I liked her friend Pug too. Like I didn't think I was gonna like him. Mm. But like he had that right amount of dumbness where like he's still like your bro and has your back. Yeah. I didn't think I was gonna like him as a character. Yeah, I was I, like I was like, This guy sucks. Like I uh
1: yeah. I didn't like the um oh, what was his name? The antagonist, uh that oh, they... Oh, Hulking. Yeah. Or Todd whatever it was. Todd. Name is. I yeah. didn't like I him at all. He was he was annoying to me.
0: So my thing with that was it I mean it It makes sense in this day and age for like an internet troll to be the antagonist of the right. She Hulk show. Like that kinda makes sense. But like to the point where, I mean, I don't think he should have like gotten the Hulk powers.
1: That and like,
0: because that made no sense. It, like it would have it would have made more sense having him just you know be revealed to be the troll, and then
1: she takes him to court. Right, like, and they didn't have enough of a build up for him because like he was in what the first episode when Jen was trying to find her, a date. And I was then, like, yeah, it
0: was like the second or third episode. And then he
1: disappears for like four episodes and then comes back and is revealed to be the big villain. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I will say one of the things they did really well and I enjoyed a lot was, um, how they explored Jen's sexuality and put it in like a really responsible way. Cause she was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll just date whoever I want. Yeah. And not listen to anybody else. And, I mean, in the comics, from what I know, she, she does get around quite a bit, and she embraces that, and she embraces it in a pretty respo- respectful way.
0: I think, yeah, like, those were some of my, I think one of my, like, one of my favorite scenes was, like, when she was dating. hmm And she was just like, because, like, you know, when you're dating, you're like, man, this is, I feel this, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I do like how they approach that because I mean, guys do that all the time, and they and they brag. But when when girls do it, there's an issue, and they appro- approach that issue. I think in a really good way. And I'm not normally one for the those political societal issues, but I think the way they handled it was really good.
0: I think the that episode where uh, she was trying to get uh, the rights to her name, like when the guy um, was like, you know, I liked. She Hulk, but I didn't like Jenna, and that was I thought that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. like because you know, you don't really see that in like superhero shows, yep. you know, like not even that, just like comic book, comic book movies, you know. But I mean, I think I think overall, and I mean, we're gonna get into like some Easter eggs here in a minute. I think overall it was somewhat strong, but not it wasn't strong enough for me to like want to watch it again yeah again um i will say though the i mean i understand why they they threw daredevil in there it it makes sense but it felt it did feel a little forced
1: yeah a little bit i do love their relationship though
0: yeah no i agree on
1: screen chemistry
0: i agree but like it just felt like a little forced and like yeah and, like, it actually, like, answered the question, like, when... Because I'm sure everyone was like, oh, is he going to be, like, in there now? And then he's like, no, I'm just here for a couple weeks, so... Yeah. Because that was my question when I was watching it. was I was like, oh, is he going to be, like, a part of this now? and He's like, no, I'm just here for a couple
1: weeks. Well, I, I am going to be curious how they use him moving forward, too, because, I mean, he's got a show that's 20-something episodes long, and I keep hearing he's going to pop up in, um... Uh, was it Ant-Man and the Wasp? Quantumania? Or... Yeah, I think the, there was like rumors that he would pop up there. For whatever reason. I don't know why he would, but... Um, hmm. I keep hearing that. For whatever reason. But I think it would be cool if they were trying to set up the West Coast Avengers, though.
0: Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I think... Well, I mean, and I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of the finale either.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was creative. Don't get me wrong. It was. I appreciate the different direction, but the whole like, oh, let's go in, and... Into like Marvel Studios and find Kevin Feige and... And it turns out that Kevin is a robot that writes all of the endings and shit. I'm like, eh, I mean, I appreciate the creativity, but I don't think it landed for me.
0: It, yeah, it didn't it didn't land for me. I I when I saw that, I I like I almost just I physically groaned. I was like, "Uh."
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um but th- with that being said, though, um as a legal comedy, it was good. I mean, it it's not really a show for me and She Hulk's not really a character I'm interested in, but I think they nailed what they were trying to do. It's just not a show that was for me at all.
0: Yeah, I think, I think overall, like, and I mean, I'm sure they're gonna get into, like, what happened with Hulk and stuff, too, because then, like, I got more excited when you saw the Sakaar and ship, and I was like, oh, Planet Hulk, and then, like, it showed him going into space, and then the finale was him coming back with his son, and I was like, but I want to know what happened. Yeah. Because, like, I I think Planet Hulk is one of my favorite Hulk storylines. It's fantastic, it's got so much depth and emotion to it and like even like when he comes back to earth like world war hulk Mm -hmm. like the whole thing's just so good so i was a little upset that they didn't (laughs) yeah explain it a little more
1: i i I bet you at one point they will it's just um what are they going to explain it in because i don't think they've announced any hulk projects at all
0: no i I, as i i don't know if i'm correct in thinking this but i don't even think they still like have the
1: the rights the rights i'd be curious about that because I, I apparently for whatever reason hulk and namor fall under the same contract with universal because yeah. apparently universal still owns the rights to namor too but somehow we could have a she-hulk show i don't i don't understand it but
0: probably because it's another brand i guess
1: i don't know I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. How, I don't know how the way above my the head. legality of it works. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> get it. Legality. <laughs> 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 You're so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I uh for what it was, I think it was good. Just not not the show for me.
0: Yeah. Um Well, we'll get into some Easter eggs right now. Uh So there's a bunch, and I'm getting this off the uh the Mary Sue website. I don't know what kind of website. <laughs> um, there's a few of them So like uh, One of them I guess Was when she was eating uh, Cheetos with the chopsticks I guess that was the thing That Oscar Isaac did Oh yeah 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 yeah
1: Yeah so I remember that now
0: I I remember a picture of him Floating around doing that um, They mentioned the Sakaaran class fighter Which was kind of cool um, It's kind of interesting like going through these now I'm like oh I didn't notice that I didn't notice that but like I guess um uh Hulk has an Iron Man helmet in his uh in his beach house I actually really liked I liked that moment too when mm-hmm. when Bruce was talking about like
1: him and Tony him and Tony yeah. like
0: cuz that really made me like man I, even though I'm not an Iron Man fan I was like man I really miss Tony <laughs> right. like you could almost like feel it because like they don't really i mean besides spider-man they
1: don't, don't really mention yeah, it at all exactly you know, Not like none of the other movies out of upon all it, yeah
0: out of all the well between like i mean after endgame they don't really talk about it except for spider-man and i mean that's pretty much it no one else really mentions right, it
1: exactly Nobody.
0: between like between because we've had like what like three or four movies, like, six TV shows, like, no yeah, one really mentions them. it at all.
1: None of them have mentioned it, really.
0: Like, and I, you know, what's a funny, I don't, we'll get back to Easter eggs in a minute. Another funny thing I noticed was that no one really mentions, like, what, like, Captain America, either.
1: Yeah, other than in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, no. But that's
0: to be expected, but, right. like, you don't see it throughout anything else.
1: Yeah, it's, it's odd. It is, it is... Well, and even, like, well, I don't, it, even fresher, like, with Wakanda Forever, the only time they mention Black Panther's passing is in Wakanda Forever.
0: Yeah, like, they don't mention, I don't know, it, it's just a whole other thing that I think it was wrong with this phase.
1: Yeah. A lot like, of loss, but only <laughs> the, the people in certain franchises notice it. Well,
0: well, yeah, same thing with Natasha.
1: Yep. Like, well, yeah. they
0: only mentioned it in Hawkeye, like...
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's just I don't know. It just it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it should. You know what I mean? Like, you you should be mentioning like all of this, like, right? And how it, does. it affects
1: the main character too. Like, yeah. I I get that maybe in Shang Chi they're not going to know because Shang Chi never had any sort of interaction with any of them. but, yeah. Like when you have, yeah, you know, like Hawkeye and She Hulk and um what else loki probably wouldn't um moon knight probably wouldn't ant-man it'll be interesting if any of that comes up
0: yeah and i mean like even in ragnarok thor didn't really talk about it too much either
1: yeah or well love and thunder yeah
0: yeah or not ragnarok sorry love and thunder yeah Yeah,
1: i don't know that is fascinating to think about i was
0: thinking about it last night when we were uh, i was watching the uh gardens of galaxy holiday special with matt and there was a part where they mentioned something, and I was like, "Huh, that's weird." They've never really acknowledged any of that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, back to Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a. Uh...
1: Well, I know Immortal Man's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, Mortal Man is a good one. I was trying to go through episode by episode. Oh, sorry. I guess there was an uh, Eternals reference, but I'm trying to figure out where it was. Oh, here we go. There, I guess uh, on one of the news tickers on the bottom of the screen. Um. Or no, this is on a a, a website she's on with like pop up ads. Uh, there's one that uh. is a actually there's a reference to uh, Wolverine.
1: Hmm.
0: I guess there's a ticker on there that says man fights with metal claws and barbaral. I didn't even I, I didn't even pick that one up.
1: I didn't pick that one up.
0: But I mean they've already been talking about mutants, so.
1: Right. It's it's basically here.
0: Uh, and here actually here's a uh, an interesting one that you know we've been talking about for a while. There's a, one of the tickers on there that says why is there a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean?
1: About Goddamn it's time about, it's some about time student.
0: we uh started to talk about Eternals turtles here um, I do think it's really funny that uh uh Jen's background is Captain America's butt,
1: yep and <laughs> america's I, ass
0: yeah i I still think <laughs> I still think that's really funny because I was like
1: it well, and even the even the what was at the end of the show they her and Hulk were talking and And they announced that Captain America fucks. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. Um, That's appropriate comedy that I enjoy.
0: They talked about uh, the cage match that was going on Mm -hmm. um, from Shang-Chi. Which I was a little confused on that.
1: Yeah. um...
0: Because it sounded like he took him out. And right? then
1: brought him to the raft or whoever, wherever for like special team training, not so that Wong can practice.
0: Yeah, and then and then at the end of the show, he took him back out again.
1: Yeah, I didn't understand that really, but it looked
0: like he was taken into carnetage.
1: Yeah, which makes sense. But then he'd be breaking
0: abomination out again. Like I don't know that.
1: Yeah, why bring him back into prison at all, other than for the point of... Yeah, field. I don't know.
0: I feel like that might play out somehow down the down the road, but, I mean, it's not like Abomination was mentioned in Thunderbolts at all, so...
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, have we gotten to the one that kind of aggravated me the most? I don't know yet. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I thought the... I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Wong episodes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. 'Cause it felt a little although him and what's her face was hilarious. Oh um, um Madison. Yeah. Wong and Madison. Yeah. Although she's every pet peeve of mine in one person.
0: Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> um, I didn't think I really didn't think they did the Wrecking Crew well either.
1: No, that was throwaway Easter egg. Yeah. To please yeah, some was... of the comic fans.
0: That was not like yeah. Um What was the one that you didn't like?
1: Fucking Donnie Blaze.
0: Oh yeah, I was we were just about to talk about <laughs> that, yeah. That was just next on my list, the, yeah. The
1: the fake magician taking basically the name of one of the coolest Marvel superheroes there is.
0: Yeah, that was that was very annoying. Although when he uh when he opened up the portal, do you think that was like hell? Do you think it looked
1: was, like, like hell. It looked like hell. I can't believe that they did my boy Johnny Blaze dirty like that, but... Yeah, that was really... I know it's, like, a fake character that they put in there, but, I mean, why do you keep teasing us with Ghost Rider and not giving us Ghost Rider?
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess... I guess Donnie Blaze had a neck necklace on, too. I... Okay. But, I mean, I, I mm. think that's just a, you know, kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, just to do it. Yeah.
0: Um and then i i did think it was funny when uh when pug was this is another easter egg thing when when pug's going to find the uh the the broker or whatever his name is the, uh-huh. the, the deal broker and uh he's selling him the the Avengers, <laughs> the abongers yeah. bootleg merch i thought that was kind of funny that and is... i just liked i don't know i really like pug for some reason i think he was just a funny a funny dude uh-huh. like a funny bro when he's like, "Oh, is that a shield?" and then he buys the shield and the hammer, and like in the security camera, he's like, "Yeah." Mm, I was yeah. like, "Yo," that, that, I, I surprisingly I didn't. I was thought it was gonna be annoyed by him, but like, I don't know.
1: It, it worked. He was it worked. yeah.
0: He was just a real bro. Like, I did like the fact that he like you know was trying to help like when they were infiltrating the whole king and like. You know, he's just one of those guys who's like, you know, I got your back no matter what, yo. Like, just a bro. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of that episode, they have the uh, the daredevil shoot. So.
1: Yeah. Um, I would have kind of like enjoyed Pug hanging out with um, Abomination. That would have been cool.
0: Yeah.
1: It would have been chill.
0: Uh, talking about the Mister Immortal,
1: uh. Appearance. Um, As some people know, he's an X-Man. Yep. Um, or a mutant, I should say.
0: Yeah. I thought... I really liked... Uh, I actually really liked that, because like, I liked when he just, like... He doesn't do well with so he just walked right out the
1: window. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I,
0: was, I, was,
1: I was like... <laughs> he was oh. such an
0: asshole, but I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I actually really liked him in there.
1: Um, I do kind of like how... They're slowly introducing mutants, but they're, like, lesser-known mutants. Yeah. They're not just going, oh, here's Wolverine. Oh, here's Cyclops. Oh, here's Iceman. Oh, here's Jean Grey. They're, like, starting with, like, the ones that you really haven't heard of before.
0: It's probably the only ones they could really get the licenses for.
1: Probably. <laughs> Other than Namor, of course, but...
0: um, Yeah, and then, I mean, this one's talking about the wedding episode. I thought it was just an episode... Yeah, that was you know? like
1: a filler episode to me that was kinda just there. Especially Explore her with, and titania like, a little bit, but that was just still kinda random too.
0: Yeah. Um I actually really liked the uh the retreat episode when yes. they're all doing the the therapy with each other and um I liked that they used like, you know, a bunch of like uh like B list villains that no mm-hmm. one really knows about. Like I thought they were pretty good.
1: And I and I actually kind of like like the uh, the few lines that Hulk and Abomination say about each other how they're like kind of cool now. Yeah. And how Abomination has really resolved his issues and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I liked I liked a lot of that
1: And the whole like he was doing things involuntarily direction too. I I really enjoyed the uh the therapy session
0: Session between them all. Like, yeah. especially, like, with Jen. Like, that was really good. I didn't think, like... They would kind of go into it as much as they did. Mm-hmm. But I think it was really good for what it... What it was.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... And then we got, uh... Episode 8 here. Which is... The, you know, very important one with Daredevil. hmm Um... I think there was a lot of it that, like, was very Daredevil-centric, so you didn't get to see a lot of She-Hulk in it. Yeah. Uh, But I think, overall...
1: Their tactic styles are so funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... I really liked... I mean, I liked the, uh... I liked the suit. I don't know why... Need a new
1: suit, but yeah, I don't know why and what it does for the character, yeah, other than differentiating him from the old show. But. but I
0: really liked the uh, yeah, they had a lot of good chemistry, I would say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, especially when like they were fighting, and even like after, like, and of course, you had to have a hallway scene with Daredevil. Oh, of course, <laughs> that's that's
1: to be expected. But man. I
0: think one of my favorite parts of that episode was when they're fighting all the henchmen. And they're just like spouting out legal stuff to each other.
1: Yeah. Like I, I really liked that.
0: I was like I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like he's like he's like, No, don't 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 kill him, just break his arm. That way he can, you know, claim something or other in the courtroom. I was well, like I really liked that. I thought and, that was kinda cool. Well,
1: and I, I, I liked how he was introduced. I mean, it, it was totally predictable how they were gonna introduce him, like she was in a case against a client and he just so happened to be the lawyer. Yeah. So, I, I definitely expected that, but I, they did it well.
0: And they're we're going to talk about the last episode, which I actually, I really liked that they used the, uh, the old TV show for the opener. Yeah, the opener, yeah. That was really cool.
1: From what, what was it, like the 70s? Yeah, 78, I think.
0: Yeah, it was really cool, I liked that.
1: And it, like, shadowed her, like, becoming w- the monster, yeah. I was
0: trying to, uh. It was funny when I was watching it. I was trying to figure out if that was Lou Ferrigno in a wig. Right. I was like, I was like, is that Lou Ferrigno? And I was like, no, that it can't be. And I was like, maybe it's him in a wig. <laughs> but no, so, I liked that. I thought it was
1: great. Well, but that also begs the question too. Like now, you're bringing the '70s Hulk as part of MCU canon.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I thought that, that. I mean, that's the whole like.
1: The she probably rewrote the whole thing
0: when she was talking to the Kevin Bot. True. Um,
1: Coincidentally, I, that's probably the only good part of that episode. Just I saying.
0: think it was funny that uh, when Pugs and the intelligentsia meeting, like it's just a bunch of dudes complaining about women superheroes. Like yeah. they, they mentioned how Lady Thor sucks and
1: kind of some of our similar complaints. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, not like not like ours, but you know, I think I think like you know, a lot of it has I I think. I think it was kind of cool, like, with the whole intelligentsia thing, like, because that's, like, what people do now, you know? Yeah. You just go straight to the internet and start complaining about stuff.
1: Yeah, because it's not exactly the way you wanted it. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, like, I think everyone's free to, you know, do whatever creative liberties you want to do. Oh, right, do. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's what the writer and director and Kevin Feige wants. so.
0: Yeah. Um, Whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I uh, then we're gonna the the ending here. when I thought it was kind of weird when she like popped out of the Disney Plus th- menu. Yeah, because for some for some reason I thought my thing was was
1: fritzing out, and then I saw her. <laughs> it was it was a neat way to do fourth wall breaking. though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then
0: you know I I think it was kind of interesting about like. She did bring up a lot of good points, like, a lot of the Marvel Marvel plot formulas. Because, like, we've talked about it before, too. Like, it just feels so cookie-cutter. Yeah. And, like, I think this was kind of interesting because it wasn't, like, you know, the plot formula, like usual. Mm
1: -hmm. But, like... I don't know. It it was definitely a different show. It just didn't 100% land.
0: Yeah, and at the... uh, well, I mean, like I was talking about before, the end Easter egg here with, with Scar showing up. I just... I didn't think... I didn't like his his look.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... He had that I also weird,
0: t- weird half shaved head thing. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I think... I think that's gonna be change. I don't think that's gonna be what he looks like at the end of the day. I think that was just so they could throw in something to continue Hulk's story, I think.
0: Yeah, I think... I think, uh, I mean, overall, if they do end up doing something with, you know, Scar and Hulk's journey to Sakaar, I would would definitely like it to be explored because I don't want it to just be a throwaway thing.
1: Yeah, it's way too good of a story to be a throwaway thing.
0: It is, especially with, well, so like in the comics, right, so it's different than, I don't know how they're going to, it's different than what they're doing here. Because mm-hmm. in the comics, the Illuminati sent Hulk away. So they sent Hulk to into space because he was being too much of a threat to the Earth. Yeah. And so then he lands on Sakaar. You know, then he's... It's great. Have you read it?
1: I have not, but I ordered it.
0: It, it's fantastic. Like, I can't... I've heard
1: nothing but great things about that whole I run. I can't... I think... It's just so hard to fucking find.
0: Me, yeah, I got my, got mine over there. I got
1: Planet Hulk coming in in, like, August. <laughs> That's when it gets shipped. I think,
0: like, so the whole thing with Planet Hulk was, I, I think, me personally, I love Greg Pak's run on Hulk. I think it's fantastic. It's really good. But, like, I think, uh, like, because the whole time he's on Sakaar, like, He's you know, um, he's, a, he's in a, like a gladiator pit. He leads a revolution against mm-hmm. the the people ruling the planet. He falls in love, and then the part where he comes back to Earth is because the ship that they that he crashed with uh, goes nuclear and mm-hmm. destroys the planet, and it kills his wife, Kaaria and unborn son, Scar. So you don't see Scar until he comes back later, like in the comics, like in the comics, he had his own thing where he came back to Earth to find the Hulk because he blames him for mm-hmm. destroying the planet it's a It's a really good like if you ever get to like pick up the scar runs too, like it's really good like they have a lot of good like
1: i think yeah I interchangeable think, moments like I think the only one I did I watched was the the animated movie yeah the animated movie was great hmm.
0: so I mean it's just I don't know how he just automatically got his son
1: yeah i I don't and I, again, I don't know <clears throat> how they will do it because like one thought came into my mind where you know they could have a world War Hulk movie, and then in that movie, you can see you can show flashbacks of when he was on Sakar and that year that couple year time period where he was just the hulk and seeing him decimate a bunch of shit but you don't have enough motive for him to do a world war hulk yet so i don't quite know what they're going to do i have zero idea what they're doing with the hulk
0: yeah it's i i mean i i don't think they have any idea what they're doing with the hulk either to be honest I, i
1: yeah Um, Especially since, like, you see in Shang-Chi, in the post credit scene, he's a human. Bruce is a human in here. And then you come to She-Hulk, and he's Smart Hulk again. No idea. Um, One thing I am curious about, too, now that we're on that topic, is what they are going to do with She-Hulk, too. Because in my head right now, I don't really see her as a team-up hero at the moment. Like, I don't see her a part of uh, an Avenger right now. Yeah, no. I can see a team-up with, like, Daredevil, that makes sense, but... Have they, uh, have me- they talked about who's... I thought I thought I, I saw
0: of. a rumor online saying who's gonna be part of it.
1: Yeah, I I have no idea but i don't i i personally think i need another season of she-hulk to grow as her own character before they even think of throwing her in the avengers movie yeah and yeah, i, I think, agree with that and i think the part the problem with like the way the mcu is set up right now is with every movie that comes out you're automatically going to say oh this character is going to be in the avengers oh this character is going to be in the avengers too where yeah. we should be able to leave some heroes alone
0: yeah yeah I, can I agree don't with think that.
1: every hero they introduce needs to be in the big team up movie
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all you need is like basically, you just need like a Captain America hero, kind of like a Thor hero, an Iron Man hero. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you just and, need the core ones. And in the in the heroes that you leave out of the big team up, you can you can mention what they were doing in their own movie or TV show, what they were doing during that big event. But I don't think you need to have everybody jam packed into a movie.
0: That's kind of like what they did in uh, in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. when like Falcon showed up for like a few minutes. And, yeah. And uh, Steve was like, "Did you find Bucky yet?" He's like, "No."
1: Yeah.
0: You know. Right. So hey, look, you know what Falcon's doing.
1: Exactly. He's also defending the the headquarters for Ant-Man. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the movie too. Right. Of the first Ant-Man movie, yeah.
1: But yeah, like I, I I think we're too busy focused on when they're gonna show up in in the big event films that. They don't really need to.
0: And everyone thinks that everyone's gonna show up. Right. Which is kind of weird, because, like, you know, a lot of the... And I was thinking about it the other day. Like, a lot of the TV shows right now, like, Moon Knight's out gallivanting in London. He's not just going to show up in America. It makes
1: makes zero sense for him to appear. Yeah, I mean... I almost feel like it would be kind of cool if they leave it as surprises to who's going to be in the team-up movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, when they... I mean. Granted, when they announced the Thunderbolts lineup, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, because there's a lot of hero, there's a lot of villains in there. You're like,
1: I haven't seen you, and who knows how long. Yeah, yeah, they haven't mentioned Ghost at all. Yeah, like Ghost
0: hasn't been mentioned since the end of Ant Man. Yep.
1: Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even.
0: I don't even remember if she was dead or alive. Yeah,
1: I, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that movie. Period. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like you know, there's a lot of parts with it.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Like, I don't. No idea. But I think I think keeping the Avengers lineup a surprise would be cool. I mean, obviously, Ant Man's gonna have to be part of that lineup because he's dealing with Kang. But yeah, um, leaving those other heroes for surprise wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. No, and it would be refreshing.
0: I think that would be, uh, you know,
1: kind of like a, you know, like a big surprise. Yeah. And even leaving it as almost like an Infinity War type scenario where maybe, and this is perfectly what they could do with Kang, maybe having different teams doing different things. Like when the Guardians were out in the galaxy finding this stone, the Avengers were doing this on Earth and then split up and one had to go to Titan. Like like that would be my ideal thing. I, I think that was that was the right
0: way to do it. Yeah,
1: it it was the perfect team up movie. Yeah,
0: that was the right way to do it. Because
1: that's the exactly the way it's done in a comic book and when everyone, they have those events. Everyone kind of like finds their way back to each other. Right. For for the big battle. Well, and even then, like, it, now that you have so many characters to use, like, some characters don't even have to interact with one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
1: But, anywho, I'm giving She Hulk. I'm gonna give it a six and a half, um, uh, I'm being more harsh with Marvel stuff than that we now that we've had so many different things come out,
0: yeah, I might do six I might do six and a half, I might do seven okay. only because i I enjoyed the few moments that were in there that I actually enjoyed
1: yeah and it and it's only because per it's personally not for me, yeah, that's based on my opinion, not fact, just remember that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Eric's not the head of the uh, Intelligentsia, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not yet, anyway.
0: <laughs> um, so our next one we're going to talk about is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special.
1: Which is another special presentation falling off that kind of theme from Moon Knight. Or not, Moon, I'm Werewolf, sorry, Werewolf by, by Night. night. Wow.
0: Man, that was like your favorite yes. thing, too.
1: Uh-huh. Come on, man. And it was another, It wasn't it another 55-minute movie, too? Uh, pretty close to that time frame? I think
0: it was. It was almost an hour. It was like
1: shy of an hour, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was almost an hour.
1: I hope they keep doing this because they're two for two with this so far. Yeah, I
0: like these little special presentations. Like like these
1: short movies. Yeah, they're good. They're Um, good. Yeah, with Guardians and Guardians Holiday Special... Um, I didn't expect to like it because I'm not normally one for holiday specials or stuff like that when it comes to like TV shows and movie properties, but this worked for me and it was actually a really thought provoking and, and it was, deep movie.
0: it was really like, there was a lot of moments when I was watching and I was like, Oh, and I was like, Oh yeah, like there was a lot of parts and it basically, so it basically focuses on Drax and Mantis Mm-hmm. Which I think is one of the best duos in the MCU right now. Yep. I mean, besides Falcon and Winter Soldier, but that's just Nah, like, uh, you're
1: biased. That's just me. <laughs> you're biased. That's
0: just me. <laughs> but I think they're they're they play off each other really good. Yeah. And like, I even think uh, like actors and actresses wise, like Dave Bautista and Palm Clementa play play off each other really well too.
1: And their and their mission is is a really thought. It's a really like kind. <sighs> Motive. So yeah, they're, they're, they they have good motives behind it. Yeah, they're basically trying to bring Christmas to nowhere. Yep. To help, um, Star Lord feel more at home because of the loss of Gamora and he's got nobody left.
0: Yeah. Which and, I I liked the uh, I liked the beginning part where like, Yandu like, basically threw out all of his Christmas yep. stuff. He's like, we're not having Christmas. Like it's Earth holiday. Like blah, blah, blah. And I thought the, I mean, the big moment for me in it was when she said that she was Star Lord's sister, and I was like, whoa.
1: And uh, and and it it makes me want to go back to Guardians too to pay attention to the relationship yeah, between. We, we almost her we and...
0: almost watched that last night, but we were on a on an old eighties uh, fantasy kick movie. Ah, gotcha. So we watched. Well, this is a sidebar, but we watched Willow last night. Because the new show is out on Disney mm-hmm. Plus, And we watched uh Lady Hawk.
1: I did see the Lady Hawk post, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. So those were good. Those were good watching again. I was I was glad that I watched
1: them again. I heard the new Willow may or may not be good though. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I might I might watch it next weekend. Okay. Okay. Um anywho. <laughs> um no, it it made me want to go back to Guardians two to explore the relationship between Mantis and I forgot his name Ego Ego yeah because um, they did have like that touching relationship like he she did really help him a lot. It's just originally I thought oh this is just her being a servant, but <laughs> yeah her being Star Lord's sister actually does make a lot of sense. And the way they explore that that relationship towards the end is is really.
0: I did Touching. notice that, I don't know if I noticed it when I was watching She-Hulk, but I was I noticed that they changed the Marvel Studios logo, and now I need to watch a movie and see if it's changed in the movies. Because on the TV shows, like it shows the originals, mm-hmm. and then as it flashes through, like you can see Shang-Chi, you see She-Hulk, you mm-hmm. see uh, Ms. Marvel, and apparently now this one shows uh, Shuri. Which I don't remember if if it's unless they just changed it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it could like. But I'm interested to see if you know the the other TV show people are in it too, like in the in the opening Marvel Studios
1: thing, because mm. uh, I
0: haven't seen. I don't think I've seen Moon Knight in
1: it. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. I. Well, and I know in Wakanda Forever it was just Chadwick Boseman, yeah, that's which is cool. understandable. That was but, awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I should probably pay more attention, because then that also kind of leads you into where it fits in the timeline, too. Yeah. Um,
0: But, yeah, so, I mean, basically, Drax and Mantis are are trying to give Peter the best present in the world, and that is... Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon.
1: (laughs) So they go to Earth to kidnap... To kidnap Kevin
0: Kevin Bacon. Bacon. I thought... It was really good, and there was, like, some, I had a lot of fun moments when they were on Earth, like, especially, like, because after going to Hollywood, like, when Matt and I were there over the summer, like, when they were standing in front of the Man's Chinese Theater with all the people who were, yeah. like, in costumes and stuff, I was like, yeah, that actually happens. <laughs> yep. And, like, it was funny, I was talking to Matt, I was like, where's all the homeless bums? Like, there's there's homeless there's, bums there's everywhere. There's there.
1: always, there's always a few.
0: Um... But no, I thought those were some really funny moments. Like, especially, and of course, my favorite one was when she goes, Steve! And she goes after the Captain America guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Mantis actually liked Steve. I was like, oh, that's cute.
1: And and it made me try to think of how much interaction they had with one another. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking Because I was about. like, I don't think they ever even met. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they ever met. I think she just... New I mean,
0: unless after the war and End Game, they just all hung out or something. Maybe. maybe I don't know. But yeah, I think and then I thought the funny part was was when the Gobot guy was there, and, and she's like, a Gobot killed his cousin. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they use Gobots. <laughs> like, that was so funny. But, yeah, like, I think overall it was just fun it's moments. Very,
1: it was a very lighthearted, good Christmas movie. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And you can count it in as a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, and
0: then, like, I liked when, you know, they were hunting Kevin Bacon in his house. And
1: and they were know, stealing his decorations They were stealing his shit. decorations
0: and they were facing off with the police. And
1: and then Mantis gives Drax a present at the end and it's the... The little green man, It's yeah. the little green man that he wanted.
0: Uh yeah, I think I think I mean one of the cool parts I think was when like all of nowhere came together and put all the christmas lights in the yeah. snow and you know, you could see like Peter was like happy about it, you yeah. know. It like it was one of those like feel good moments like. Mm-hmm. And then they brought Kevin Bacon in the box. That was so funny. And he's I, he's you... like this is human trafficking.
1: <laughs> have you seen like some of the like Memes that have come out that instead of Kevin Bacon, it's like a Gamora doll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, And then, of course, how can we forget Swole Groot? (laughs) Yo, that was crazy. (laughs) Groot's built now. Of course, one of my favorite characters, Cosmo. Yep. Yep. That's right. And I hope they don't just throw her away. Well, because it's definitely a female now, but... yeah. Um, I love
0: Cosmo. It's such a good character. Yeah. And the comics, like, it's fantastic. And even
1: in the video game, Cosmo's a great character, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope they continue with Cosmo and it's not just a throwaway. But character. I liked
0: the whole, like, I even, I I really liked the part when they were all just giving each other presents. Like, that yeah. was just, like, one of the feel good moments. And, like, Rocket got the arm.
1: Yeah. I don't like, know how he got the arm. I love arm how
0: that. he's, like, bucky's arm
1: (laughs) i wonder what they're gonna do with that
0: yeah i was like and then i was like how did nebula get the arm (laughs) but it reminded me of like all those good fun you know phase one through three mcu moments like you know like
1: and I think it's genius the way they put this movie because it's definitely the build-up for the teardown that's going to be the third movie. Yeah. Because the third one is going to be an emotional roller yeah, coaster. I, don't,
0: I mean, I thought the second one was an emotional roller coaster. I think and this
1: third one is going to hit hard.
0: Yeah, this one's going to be tough. But I think, like, and, it, you know, it also makes me kind of sad that, you know, James Gunn is going to be leaving this behind now. Yeah,
1: because he's with DC now.
0: But, like, I mean, like, this is you know, this is his baby, like, this uh-huh. is his, like, you know, I, I was really excited when the first Guardians movie came out, I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan, I mean, I used to have my poster up, but I put my bookcase up, but, like, I have a whole cast signed one that I bought online that went, all the proceeds went to, like, charity, but, like, and, like, I have, all, I have the old Guardians of the Galaxy series, the old comics, like, I have the new ones that Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning wrote. Like, I have the Bendis run. Like, I just... It's just a good group about family. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get that too often. I mean, you know, you get, like, Fantastic Four, and you get, like, you know, X-Men all about family. But this is, like, actually feels...
1: Like a family.
0: Like a family.
1: Like, these people... And a complex one at this. Are like wayward simple.
0: people who found each other. hmm you know, like, in yeah, in the comics, right? So they didn't even have, like, a Guardians comic. It was during the Annihilation run, like, the first Annihilation uh. run, where, um, I forgot what it is. It might have been the Nova Corps who tasked Star-Lord with a bunch of, like, other prisoners to, like, go on this mission. And then that kind of spawned out of that. And then that's when you got the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning run of Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think is still one of my favorites. Mm. Because, like, man, that whole cosmic age of Abnett and Lanning just writing cosmic, oh, so good. And they haven't found a good stride since. Mm. I think Bendis' Guardians run was good, but, like, that, that Abnett and Lanning run, when they were just taking the entire cosmic universe, like, oh, fantastic. The Annihilation ones... War of Kings, Realm of Kings. I have
1: those coming in, too.
0: Nova. Like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. But anyways, that's just me gushing about Marvel Cosmic. But I think, like, and that's, like, one of the cool things about the Guardians, you know, is that they're mm-hmm. a family, and they did a really good job touching upon that yeah. throughout this, especially the end, when, like, when Peter was like, oh, Kraven doesn't know the whole part of that story, and then it showed, like, Yandu like, Giving Peter his blasters. Like, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. Like, yep. you know? And, like, even the part where... Like, you, you could feel Mantis when she was, like, scared. Like, she didn't want to tell Peter. And then she's like, I'm your sister. And he's like, that's the, the best, best gift I could have gotten. gotten. Like, you know? Because, like, he had no family and now he has her.
1: But you know that's going to rip us apart when one of them dies in the next movie. <laughs> no one's going to die. I don't <laughs> um, think going to die. I bet you one of them will die.
0: I don't think anyone's gonna die in the next movie. I, I think so. I but, don't think so.
1: But we'll talk about that when that goes.
0: So we'll uh well right now we'll we'll touch upon some of the Easter eggs that we noticed. Uh and this list is gonna be coming off the Game Rant uh website. <clears throat> First one was the uh uh the different MCU uh opener. Yeah. I did like how there was uh snow throughout it that was kind of cool uh the guardians bought nowhere from the collector
1: yeah i i was gonna say i <coughs> found that to be a really interesting development which matt
0: and i were talking about last night and we're like we thought the collector was dead
1: yep that's what i thought too um cosmo and, yep and i and i wonder where the collector is now though now that they bought nowhere
0: Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think the collection is just... Because
1: that's too big of a character to just be like, yeah, I'm peace and goodbye.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, at the same time, I feel like...
1: I don't know. It's kind of like... Maybe that pops up later on down the road. You think so? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh... The,
0: apparently it's a real band called the Old 97s who played that Christmas song. I've never heard of them before. I haven't either. But I guess so that the, the real life band's been around since 1992. Hmm. But the first song they perform in the special is a new one. And then the final song, the one they sing with Kevin Bacon, is one of theirs from another holiday album that they did.
1: That is so cool that he he actually... Was in the movie as himself.
0: Yeah, um, I ca- I caught a little Eternals nod, so I'm glad that they saw saw that. Because in the uh, when they're on Earth, there's a uh, a little banner that says Kingo's Christmas. Okay, I I missed that. Hmm. Huh.
1: Because
0: I saw that I was like, oh hey, it's Kingo. Um, the Avengers. <coughs> character actors who are all there like making money and stuff Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny when she uh, when she just took all the money (laughs) she just has all the money Um, obviously we talked about the go bots who killed Drax's cousin (laughs) 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 I think that's so funny Um, apparently there were some Suicide Squad cameos really? so uh, Suicide Squad Borg who played Javelin
1: Okay,
0: uh, he was the bartender that Mantis asked about Kevin Bacon, okay. and when they look at the map to Stars Homes, Margot Robbie and John Cena appear on the map.
1: That's interesting.
0: I like that he does that. Probably
1: doesn't mean anything, but that is interesting.
0: Um, I. They also talked about uh, the movie that Kevin Bacon's watching, which is Santa Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Which is a movie that came out in nineteen sixty four. Uh in it, The Martians kidnap Santa Claus. Okay. Because there's no Santa Claus on their planet to give their children presents. Solid reason. Yeah. Um Kevin Bacon's real life wife, Kira Sedgwick, is the one who calls them. That's kind of cool. <laughs>
1: that is cool.
0: Uh the one that Matt and I freaked out about <clears throat> is that uh, the new ship that they're flying is called the Bowie. I Love was it. I was like, oh, that's so cool. The Bowie. Um, okay. When Craglin talks to uh, Kevin Bacon about how Peter actually saved the galaxy by dancing. Yeah. And then uh, the huge gift bucky's arm for rocket which we're all trying to figure out how uh you know he got he got the arm how how nebula get the arm
1: and i'm so excited for rocket's story moving forward too i know i know they didn't touch a whole lot on rocket in this movie but where his story is going is gonna be a gut punch too
0: yeah
1: um groot's gifts to the guardians were pretty cool because he made them yeah. all yeah, himself. Uh, scenes, yeah. I like,
0: like yeah. uh, I like this awkward stage of Groot. Yeah. Like, cause he's not a teenager. I think he's, like, maybe, like, becoming, like, a teen to adult, it mm. feels like. Yeah. You know, cause he's in his, like, awkward, like, teenager phase.
1: Or, like, late teenager, early adult yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cause, like, he does a lot of, like, childlike stuff in it, like, when he's, like, dancing to the music
1: mm-hmm. and, like, like, jumping up and down. Um. You think we'll ever get an elder group? <laughs> ooh, I don't know, maybe.
0: I would like to see the group that we got in the, uh, the Bendis run when he did a crossover with, uh, X-Men for Black Vortex. Because that group was crazy looking. I forgot what, I forgot what it looks like now, but he was, like, uh, like he was like a Groot imbued with with cosmic powers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Peter's first Christmas gift he ever got from Yondu was his guns. Yeah. Uh, the mid credit scene was pretty funny when. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, when he's like, well, I guess we'll have to do another special because Groot ruined it because <laughs> he was standing like the tree. And I think also with uh, when Kevin Bacon's like, I'll see you guys for Easter. Like, are we gonna get a Guardians Easter special? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, now, now we kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah,
0: now we kind of have
1: to, you know. Do we actually know when or when the next like special presentation is gonna be? I don't think they've announced another I one was yet. Gonna say, it sounds like this is something that they need to continue, though.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Whether I think they it's did uh...
1: over the holidays or just random, but
0: yeah I think they did a really good job with it though
1: i oh, I loved man. it
0: ten out of ten. I had no problems with it
1: other than maybe more time but
0: with, yeah, this, but with
1: this format with this
0: format like this like the same like i would have loved uh three hour werewolf by night, but
1: ten out of ten for it being a holiday special overall m c u maybe an eight yeah I'm because I like
0: guardians, so stick in with mine.
1: You're, yeah, you're gonna rank it above Spider Man No Way Home and in, in <laughs> Winter He's Soldier. Cute, man, I it's different. It's definitely not above here. Winter Soldier because Winter Soldier is still my favorite movie. But you ranked it as a ten out of ten, meaning it's perfect. Yeah, I also think Winter Soldier is perfect. But you can't have something more perfect than the other. Yeah, I know. That's why it's all perfect. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of perfect, we're gonna get into our our last topic today: our favorite comic books of twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? First?
1: Yeah. So um, we we kind of threw around ideas of how we wanted to do this. Um, whether we wanted to do one from each brand or just our our favorites. Well, going through the comic books that I read this year, I am a little biased towards Image. <laughs> I have not read a whole lot of Marvel or DC this year, um, and the titles that I have are still ongoing and aren't finished yet. Um, and some Marvel titles just started, and I'm and I'm liking it, but I can't put it as my favorite because the arc isn't done. So I have three that I wanted to talk about, and coincidentally, they're all written by Jeff Lemire. Um, oh. <laughs> Um, I can start with the one that actually did, I think, start in, like, late 2021 in, and ended in 2022, and that is May's book, um, which is by Jeff Lemire, and I think he, he wrote and drew it. Yeah. And it's... That, oh,
0: that came out from Dark Horse, right?
1: Oh, yeah, this is Dark Horse, yeah. I always forget that sometimes. I always think that it's Image, because most of Jeff Lemire's stuff can be from Image, but, um... Yeah, I bought this. This is a beautiful story. It's not a superhero story whatsoever. It's about a lonely building inspector that was grieving the loss of his daughter. Um, and he receives like a mysterious phone call one night from a girl claiming that it's his daughter and that she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth. And it basically is about him going through the city, which is the labyrinth, with a dog and it's basically trying to have him get over his grief for his lost daughter. Um in the journey somebody goes through when grieving the loss of a loved one.
0: It was really good. I liked it a lot. It's a
1: very touching one. I wanted to do this in like a a more deep dive episode, but I was like eh, I don't want to put this off any longer, but it's it's only 5 5 issues. The 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 deluxe edition is a beautiful book. <laughs> Um, overall, yeah, it's, it's a very touch. I almost want to put it in the day tripper kind of genre because it's, it really isn't like a sci-fi or a, a big bad superhero, uh, team up book. It's, it's like a very human story with a lot of emotion and the artistic direction for it was, it was so emo, emotion driven. That you can tell that Jeff Lemire kind of put a lot of emotion into each page. So,
0: yeah, it was uh, it was what five issues? Yep, five issue <clears throat>
1: miniseries.
0: Um, yeah, no, I that was this was one of my. Oh, I'm a huge Jeff Lemire fan too myself. So like, I was a huge fan of this when it first came out. Um, I was surprised it was just five issues. But I think me personally, I haven't seen him. Uh, Draw and write something since Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. I know he did. Uh, I know he did a Sweet Tooth: The Return. I think last year or something. It was it last year? Or yeah, or yeah I think it was last year. But um, I did. I I love. I mean, I, even though a lot of people don't like his art style, but I actually really enjoyed it for this.
1: It complements the emotional writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean it. It deals with a lot of hard-hitting stuff, like depression, finding your purpose after something significantly negative happens to you, and finding your footing again, ugh. It hits home.
0: Especially with, you know, the, uh, with the ramifications of, you know, a a father still trying to find his way through life, Mm -hmm. you know, after the death of his daughter.
1: Right. Um. And for a while, he was literally just moving through the motion the motions of his job like just existing instead of living
0: it's about i think you know it's just a good book about coming to terms with loss you know and how to how to live your life beyond it Mm -hmm. you know for the most part and i mean i think there's a lot of good parts in it especially like you know the part where he's like putting out you know the elements of like the maze and Mm -hmm. how to go through it
1: and and i love how they designed it because it's like something that his daughter really loved doing she loved yeah, puzzles, puzzles and stuff yeah. so they put his grief into a maze um i don't think they ever describe how the daughter died but i think that that's not really that important with the, with the theme that they're going with yeah. it's just the fact that she's gone and it doesn't matter how somebody dies the, what matters is that person's gone and is not coming back
0: yeah and i think there's a lot of um uh, another huge part of it i think was when cuz it deals with a lot of like the five stages yep of of, of grief. grief too and i think each each issue kind of dealt with like a different stage mm-hmm. now it's been a while since i read it like cuz it was obviously was only five issues so yeah but i think yeah uh, another part that it kind of dealt with was you know uh the maze where there's no entrance or exit which kind of mm-hmm. is a good way to talk about you know, um, there's no exit from yeah. from grief or fear.
1: Yeah, it's it's always going to be there in some capacity. It's not yeah. ever going to hundred percent go away. It's how you cope with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think overall it's just fantastic. Yeah, I, I, Lemire is always such a good writer. It doesn't matter what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether he's doing, you know, the the Green Arrow run that he worked on, he worked on. <clears throat> the old man logan run uh after secret wars and you know Mm -hmm. i i personally like his his other stuff now there i know there's a couple things that came out that i haven't read like i still really want to read essex county because i hear that's fantastic Mm. um
1: i don't know how he has the time to write all these different books and how most of them are just fantastic (laughs) I ha- I literally have not read something by Jeff Lemire that I didn't like.
0: Yeah, because, like, I know that there's a few things out that I haven't read by him. Um, I mean, Essex County, I haven't read. Uh, there was one more. Uh, that's a pretty big one that he did that I didn't read. I'm just going through my list right now. But, like, even, like, all of his, like, even, like, his, his superhero books. Like, he did a three-issue thing about Robin and Batman. And, like, that was just fantastic because it was, like, it was literally about, you know, Robin, Dick Grayson, coming to terms with losing his parents Mm -hmm. and how to grow into the role of Robin. And even, like, Ascender and Descender, like Uh, those series. Like, I think he just writes, he writes child characters really good and I think he helps them, he helps show how they grow throughout, mm-hmm. you know, comics. Oh, the Black Hammer series, that's the other one.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I've heard nothing but good things about that, but I haven't had the time to... There's a lot of them. There's a lot of Yeah. There's a lot of them.
1: Um, now, I, and I'm not saying <clears throat> other writers don't do this, but I I do think Jeff Lemire in general really takes the time to put himself in the character's shoes. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of his stories hit really hard and are really well done in their development.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, there's a lot, like, even, even, like, his, his horror stuff now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, you know, between Gideon Falls and now this whole new shared horror universe between, what was the one that came out in the, the graphic pa- novel form, The Passageway, 10,000 10, and Black Feathers.
1: Yeah, it's the Bone, the Blood, the Bone Orchard Mythos, I think yeah. is what it's called now.
0: And even, even the, uh. Did you end up reading Primordial?
1: I read like the first two issues.
0: Even that was just filled with emotion too and that was just about you know mm-hmm. pets lost in space. Yep. From the whole space race. Mhm. But yeah, no. It's a fantastic book. I can't talk it up anymore. I agree yeah. with you 100%.
1: It I don't know if it's my favorite of the three that I'm I'm picking, but it's 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 up there.
0: He also does a lot of good stuff with with grief too, Cause I know and have you read his Animal Man run?
1: I have it. I haven't read it yet.
0: There's a, a few parts in there that deal with a lot of loss and grief, and mm. I, I think he writes it really well. Yeah,
1: but that's that's number one. You want to do your your number uh, one or your first one? Yeah. So and we'll just alternate.
0: I, mine was a little different than Eric's. <laughs> I'm doing. Uh,
1: Oh uh, uh, yeah.
0: Each company. So I'm well, not each company, because if I did each company then I'd have to find a dark horse mm-hmm. or or a boom and I'm just doing yeah. uh image marvel in DC, so my uh twenty twenty two uh D C one is uh, actually you know it'd be easier if I just grab my graphic novel. Yeah.
1: And I'll and I'll br- like briefly throw in there. I I have been reading the continuation of House of Slaughter and and something is killing the children. I wasn't gonna.
0: I wasn't gonna. Talk I didn't want to touch
1: upon that because we have talked it talked to it, death yeah. already, and it's still freaking fantastic. So continue to read it, please. But yeah. I figure we do something a bit different. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. Stays away I wasn't it.
0: gonna talk about yeah.
1: those because it's we, still up we, there, though. We
0: talk about them a lot. Yep. Like mm-hmm. um, Agreed. But I'm going to talk about my DC book, which is Blue and Gold by what Dan it's... Jergens, Ryan Sook. Uh, Cully Hamner and Kevin McGuire. So this is Dan Jurgens coming back to Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Um, is that
1: who signed the cover?
0: Yeah, I didn't want him to sign the cover. He's supposed to sign the inside, but yeah. Kevin McGuire signed it. But it's okay. I'm I'm to split hairs about it. I thought I like it because my uh my just some of my Justice League Internationals they all signed the covers too. Gotcha. It's just I don't know. I think it looks cool, though. It but cool. So this is uh, Blue and Gold, which is Dan Juergens coming back to write Boos- Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Booster Gold being my number one DC guy. Uh, so this is actually kind of fun. So this is, they're coming back, and I actually can't even, I don't even know where the timeline fits in. But I think it's outside the timeline from what I can gather. Because there's been a lot of issues in comics that these two have not been in. Like lately, coming from a DC standpoint, but <clears throat> this is pretty much, uh, you know, they're 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 trying to get a business up and going after they, you know, were trying to help save the Justice League and there's a lot of cool parts in it. Like, like when you flip through it, like there's a lot of cool, like, uh, like I don't know what do you call. Them?
1: Different It's styles. not like speech, speech
0: bubbles. bubbles. It's like... It's like... They're talking about them on, on like apps and
1: stuff. Like text... Yeah. Bubbles. So like... Yeah.
0: So like they're talking about them the whole time on here. And this is just from the first issue. Like they're talking about how like... How much Booster sucks. And... You know, they call Skeet's a toaster oven. And... <clears throat> I think there's a lot of parts in here like... Uh, Like especially like with Blue Beetle showing up. Because... This is, like, a younger uh, Blue Beetle who's, like, still been friends with Booster Gold for a while. But, like, he's still trying to find his way as a hero himself. And, like, you know, there's a lot of parts in here that... And I but the Ryan Sook art's fantastic. I love Ryan Sook. He's such a great artist. But the Ryan Sook art in here is fantastic. And, like, at the end, they're like, we're going to create our own... Superhero services, which is, like, a kooky idea that, you know, Booster mm-hmm. Gold would do. Because even if you read, like, the old Booster Gold stuff or the Justice International, these two are just buddies palling around all the time. So, like, <clears throat> there's a lot of parts in here where, like, they're talking about, like, uh, like, their services that they're doing for everyone. Like, one of them is, like, they gotta hack into, like, the the government and from, like, a moving car or something like that, and, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's just a lot of fun in here, like, and, like, there's a good part where, like, Ted Cord finds out he doesn't have any money now, so now he has to figure out how to tell Booster, and Booster's already telling them that, telling the world that they're doing their services, and Mm -hmm. there's a funny, funny sequence in here where there's, like, they're standing outside of their building, and, like, there's a huge line about all these people who need help, and uh, One of the best parts, I think, is when Trixie Collins comes back in, because she was from the original Booster Gold series that Dan Juergens did, and, like, there's a lot of cool sequences in here, like, especially, like, I forgot what issue this is, it's gotta be issue, like, four, where they do a lot of, they do, they're they doing an interview with them, and they're both trying to remember the same event that happened, but they're both like, oh, well, this was me winning this event, and then... Blue Beetles like no, oh, this is me winning it. Like, and <laughs> they do it in like the the coolest. Like they do the it banter. in. Uh, they do it in like the so Kevin McGuire writes part of it or does the art for part of it, and then uh, <clears throat> Dan Jurgens does the part does the art for another part of it, and it's just a lot of fun. Like it brings like a lot of fun, just booster and Blue Beetle funness
1: superhero bros it's
0: one of those things you don't have to think about like it's just a fun time and like i think it's they even bring rip hunter in too and like the 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 last issue like they bring in uh the black beetle which has been a character who's been throughout like the booster gold since jeff johns is writing it and it's just a fun fun little trip i had a lot of fun with it. it It was fun to write them again it's fun to read them again like I just really liked the fact that, you know, they brought him back. And when I was talking to Dan Jurgens, I forgot which convention it was. It was either New York or Terrificon. Like I asked if they were gonna be doing another series again, and he's like, he's like, I don't know. Like Marvel or DC hasn't said anything, so, like, I t- I like really hope it. Dep- it all depends on sales. Like,
1: I hope they. Yeah, you know, I. I mean, I haven't gotten really into either one of those characters but they do sound like they'd be pretty entertaining
0: yeah they're a lot of fun like i think if a a good foray into the the booster gold and blue beetle world is definitely the justice league international run from uh keith giffen D matthias and kevin mcguire like if you can find those then that's a good foray into them and then like even just reading the uh the booster golds by dan jurgens are really good too, but the Justice League International is a good way to, to slide into it because that was back when like. They were just having fun with mm-hmm. the Justice League. Like there's there's a whole issue in there where they're moving, and it's just about them moving. Hmm. It it's good. Yeah, it's good. I I definitely I always recommend Justice League International to anyone if if you want to get some, some, booster and uh, beetle action but yeah no it was just a fun series is only eight issues so it's nice quick like and it just really reminded me how much i love the characters Mm -hmm. again
1: now we know you're a a cap guy from marvel is booster your guy for dc or is it flash no booster oh okay Okay. 100 percent. okay am i going again yep you're up uh let's see do i want Let's see. So, well, another Jeff Lemire project, and we briefly mentioned it already, but um, Gideon Falls also wrapped up, and Gideon Falls has been fantastic. Um, it is, it's a little, it's a little complicated to explain, but it's almost like a uh, multi-dimensional horror book. And it's about this black barn that pops up in Gideon Falls, and it has a long history of being in Gideon Falls. It uh, it's about um, you thank you, sir. Material. Uh,
0: it's about this. I saw the volume two hardcover, and it looks beautiful.
1: It is beautiful, and I have it. I know. I was I was almost debating <laughs> whether or
0: not I wanted to just buy them again, but I was like, I can't justify that.
1: So so, I think this book actually finished in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, but the omnibus just came out. So I read that, and I read both of them, the deluxe. But um, yeah, it's basically kind of like. What should I compare it to?
0: I think I, I it's kind of like
1: it on a multi-universal or multi-dimensional level.
0: It kind of came off to me as like a sci-fi horror.
1: Yeah, it's a sci-fi horror that deals with... There's a lot of, like,
0: parallel... Not parallel universes. There's a lot of time travel.
1: Yeah. And it it follows a Catholic priest, a young adult with, quote-unquote, mental illness problems, uh, his psychiatrist, and this creature that's been tormenting, basically, everybody, but isn't actually there, and that's the... Was it the Laughing Man or the Smiling Man? The Smiling Man, The yeah. Smiling Man. Um, and basically, this Smiling Man has been kind of tormenting the mentally ill person um, to find the shards of the black barn, these, like, wooden splinters. And he thinks by building this barn, he's going to get rid of the Smiling Man once and for all. Turns out that's the exact opposite, and there's a machine in there, and it unleashes him... And we get a whole like plethora of different Gideon Falls throughout time where the Smiling Man basically invades and changes society. Um, and it's up to the group of five people to basically get rid of him for good. Um, and it's just the artwork mixed with the, the complicated but really interesting plotline is is so well i, I done. love
0: how andrea sorrentino's art changes like it's yeah. not the same thing in each mm-hmm. thing like it goes from like this kind of like sketchy kind of style to like solids yep and, and it was it uh in primordial that was very very heavily featured like it almost looks like there's parts where it looks like frank quietly's art Mm-hmm. where um he did the uh, the All Star Superman, and he did the uh, the Batman and Robin when when Dick Grayson was Batman, but like it almost kind of looks like that. I just love the sh- the shift change and like the huge panels and I forgot yeah. what it does. It's I think it's the last volume,
1: and I I just love how like throughout the whole story you don't know where it's gonna go.
0: Yeah, like the last volume when you yep. just see like big huge words and like the whole background and like you it, it's it's just uh and the, uh, the the team up between Lemire and Sorrentino is just fantastic, like, and a, yeah and again like, these huge pages here like yep. with a huge speech bubble that says scree and it's like the and the s- whole arts
1: into and tunes and some of them like I, I feel I have to find which panel it is, but there's like, like panels where it's like a puzzle to figure out where this that one right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where you have to figure out where In the, the last issue. Yeah. Uh, where the speech is going like, and whatnot, or
0: like the, like part of the book which threw me off was when I was reading it, is like you have to read it upside down.
1: Yep. It's uh, yeah. Between yeah, between the art style and you don't you literally don't know where the story is gonna go as you're reading it. Like it's it takes so many different directions, but is so well executed. And the the design for all the characters, the villain is well done as far yeah. as its design. It's got like a cockroach kind of influence on it, and it's like it's not more not so much just a singular being, but like an idea that spreads across, like, populations.
0: Now, in, in the, uh, the second volume uh, omnibus, did, uh, do they have more of, like, this, this back matter in it? Like, because yeah. I, I was a huge fan of, like, the, the multiverse map they made in here. Mm-hmm. They showed, like, how the barn works, and, like, where the center of the universe is, and, like, all of this. Yeah. Like, like this was fantastic. And, like, the, this part here, when you're, like, looking at the infinite cubes, like,
1: uh, so, it's so good. It's, it's so good. It's definitely, again, not something a kid should read. No, it it's does... definitely
0: very horror-oriented. It's definitely, like, very adult.
1: Yeah, it's definitely adult-oriented. It's got a lot of, like, heavy-hitting stuff like suicide and, yeah. and very creepy, like, murders that happen. Yeah. Um yeah. And it's very complicated. Like, this is something that you have to pay attention to in order to understand the story.
0: Yeah, I... I... I, like, read it because I got all the graphic novels, so I, like, read it all in one day, and I remember texting you, and I was like, bro, that was heavy.
1: Yep. (laughs) Like. And even where it ends is kind of open-ended, too.
0: Yeah, and it almost made me kind of think, I wonder if they might include it somehow in their new shared horror universe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can, I'll tell you right now, the, the smiling man could very well be a a horror icon if they were to take it to TV. Yeah. It has the potential to be one of the creepiest things to go on the TV if they chose to. I don't know if there are any plans to, but. I, I
0: could have sworn I saw something
1: that. It could work because, um, something that's similar is the TV show Dark on Netflix if they chose in in 1899 they chose that writer to to bring this to screen it could be extremely well done and could it has the potential to be the one of the creepiest things they ever put out
0: so it says that i don't know this was in 2019 though it says that James Wan joined the crew for a Gideon Falls adaptation that would work too um it says this place uh, this was also in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, so I don't know. There hasn't been anything up to date on. It I would since love, then.
1: I would love the writers for Dark and eighteen ninety nine to do one because, it's, I mean, it's it's a story that needs to be written in a mysterious but horrific fashion that doesn't have a whole lot of flash and pizzazz to it.
0: I don't know definitely looks like it's in development hell right now. So,
1: yeah, I think you. I mean, it has the potential if it were to be brought to screen, but if it remains in the comic book, I'm totally okay with that too. Yeah, I would give give me a Gideon Falls T V show. Yeah. But make it so that you have the right writer for it. This shouldn't be half assed. Just how I feel about my my property coming back too. Dark Tower was announced on Amazon and I'm very skeptical. Oh really? They're gonna do a TV show, but Oh, jeez. Um, they need to handle it carefully.
0: Yeah, I feel like that hasn't been
1: no handled well at all. Nope. No, the movie was awful, but the book to this day, the book series is m- my favorite of all time. I the liked entire, it. The entire series, I was in love with the entire yeah. time. Even the ending, I had no problem with.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good.
1: It was a gut punch of an ending. Yeah, it was good though. But anyway, what's your second one?
0: Uh so my second one is uh Marvel and uh we actually just you know kind of talked about the character. Uh So it was really hard for me to choose a Marvel book because I haven't really been enjoying anything that they've been doing. And as much as I hate to say it, you know, I I there was two books that I was kind of going through and I was like well, one of them is Moon Knight, but I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. I appreciate <laughs> it because it's get Moon Knight has been consistently one of my favorite series.
1: Okay.
0: Since it's since it started like last year, um, but I'm actually going to talk about the She-Hulk comic. Um, so She-Hulk, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Rohe Antonio. Um, this isn't really, now, I haven't read the, the other series that came out, I did read the John Byrne run, from back in the, like, 70s, that was really good, so this is kind of, like, my first foray into, uh, She-Hulk, and the, the one thing that kind of caught me was, the art, so, uh, Jen Bartel is doing the covers, and I love Jen Bartell art, she's fantastic, like, I just love the way all the covers look. Like, I could probably just be like, hey, Toby, why don't you just get all these covers for me? But, you know. uh, So, the She-Hulk series right now, basically, uh, she is... This almost kind of, like, spins out of... Because she was part of the the Avengers when Jason Aaron took over. And then they did, like, a whole uh, World War She-Hulk where she got controlled by the Red Room. they were trying to turn her into, like, a monster, um, so this is basically, she's starting over from, you know, square one again, you see, uh, you know, kind of measly little Jen Walters, and, of course, Titania shows up, and Titania just wants to fight her all the time, and she's jealous because, you know, Jen is always getting back up on her feet, and Titania is always, like, you know, going to jail and stuff, and, so, um, basically, you know, she has this pretty good heart to heart moment with Titania and, you know, Jen's kind of like, you know, why do you keep wanting to fight me? You have a house, you have a home, like you have, uh, she's married to Crusher Creole, the, um, what's his name? He's the Absorbing man, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, basically, you know, this first issue deals with, you know, Jen saying, you know, let's just have a fight club. To Titania. So they, they schedule like a fight club and she's starting her new job at uh this law office of Mallory Book and, you know, Mallory's one thing is don't take any superhero cases because she doesn't want the publicity because she's, I think Mallory was like an ex-superhero or something like that or an ex-supervillain. So this is just basically setting up like, you know, Jen's down on her luck and she sees that Janet still has her old apartment so she... You know, crashes at the old apartment. She's got clothes again now. She's got a bed, place to live, and like, then all of a sudden, Jack of Hearts shows up. Which, you know, Jack of Hearts hasn't shown up since Avengers Disassembled, where he he killed Hawkeye because Wanda brought him back from the dead. Um, let me take a look at it. Uh, so it, the series so far has been really good. I've I've been really enjoying it. Like, I like the foray into. Jen's personal life with Jack of Hearts and dealing with the ramifications of you know being a being a lawyer and there's a lot of cool parts in here like she takes uh, she takes a case for the thing who uh, ends up like getting a ticket for Lockjaw not being on a leash or like
1: mm-hmm.
0: or she t- she ends up taking a case where uh, you know the X Men who are now on Krakoa. Like they they need immigration licenses and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of cool little fun legal stuff in here, and I I really think the way that, uh, Rainbow Rolls is writing this is just really good. And uh, Rohe Antonio's the art's fantastic. It's it splits off with Luca Maresca too, and you you kind of can't even tell the difference between their art. Um. But no, I think I think it's just been a really fun series and. Uh, it kind of like kind of spurred me a little more like when i was watching like the she-hulk show and i was trying to compare it to to this series right now like then i'm reading and i'm like this series is better like they should have just done this mm-hmm. <laughs> but no it, it's just been a really fun fun read i got to say and like out of all the stuff i'm reading from marvel like getting bogged down with like cuz they just finished their uh avengers x-men eternals crossover and like and
1: in judgment day i think it was yeah
0: like with all that and like all the x-men books and like now that all that's done this series has consistently just been like one of my one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. to be reading right now from marvel um it was cool because when i went to new york i didn't know that uh the artist roje antonio was there so i was like walking by artist alley and i saw that he was there and i was like Man, I should have read my comics. Then, like, I couldn't find them, mm-hmm. so I ended up buying a she hole print. Nice, but yeah, no, I think I think it's just a lot of. It's a good series, you know. If you if you want something that's a little lighthearted, there's a lot of. There's a few deep moments in here every now and then, like especially when she's talking to Patsy Walker, Hellcat, and like when she's talking to Janet a lot, and there's a lot of good moments in here that have her like. With other superheroes like talking like there's a good issue here with when she's with nightcrawler and like it's just a it's just a fun series i gotta say
1: yeah i was gonna say with with the problem i have with marvel and and actually it's it's getting a little bit better because there are some marvel titles that i just picked up mostly spider-man but um, my problem with marvel is they literally go from event to event uh, to event and they mostly try to advertise for the big crossover events. So you don't really get any notice on some of the smaller side character projects. Because, um, y- like you said, like you had the, the Judgment Day event happening. The X-Men titles have really been a big focus. Now you have like the Dark Web event that's going on through Spider-Man right now. Yeah,
0: now there's going to be a, uh, an Avengers event.
1: Yeah, so there's there's way too many events going on, and it and it really detracts away from some of the the character focused stories, and that's yeah, so why that's... that's why I haven't had a whole lot of Marvel on my poll list.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had, I mean, there's some series that I'm still reading, like that have like come out. Like I'm still reading X Force. I I'm I still I'm still them. enjoying X Force. I'm still enjoying Wolverine. Mm. I ended up dropping like a few other X Men books because I was like, I'm just not like they switched creative teams and it's
1: just not pulling me. There's too many of them is my, my issue. Um, I, I dropped all of that after X of Swords because there was just too much to keep track of and, and it's, it's just a lot of money to be honest with you.
0: But I think like just, you know, between like, like these singular character titles, like She-Hulk I'm enjoying, Moon Knight I'm enjoying, Mm -hmm. um... The two Captain America titles out now. I'm I'm somewhat enjoying, but I'm not fully sold yet mm-hmm. because honestly, I haven't enjoyed a huge Captain America run after Rick
1: Remender stopped writing it. Yeah, I've been and similarly to to Spider Man. It's been all over the place, but, but I
0: think just it's it's hard to find a good mm-hmm. book that I want to read from Marvel. Yeah. Um,
1: Too many titles, in my opinion yeah compared to dc yeah but that was my marvel book nice i have and maybe maybe i'll um talk about them at a later date but i i have just started two marvel titles and through um one of them is deadly neighborhood spider-man the other one is midnight suns that we talked about and then the third one is um the dark web event because i was curious because it's got spider-man and magic and those two characters i really like so Um, if they're good, I'll talk about them. If not, it'll just dissipate into nothing. (laughs) That's basically where I'm going with that. Um, so my third and final one that I wanted to talk about again is another image book. (laughs) Also by Jeff Lemire. Um, it's Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nagoyan and it's Little Monsters. Um, basically, um, it's about these last children on earth who are vampires, and they basically are immortal for the most part, and are bored. A couple of them venture out of their city, where they're deemed safe, and then they actually bump into a population of people. A couple of them get a taste for what human flesh is like, and then become obsessed with finding humans to to feed off of. Um... What I really like about this story is it is kind of like a Lord of the Flies meets Vampires. Mm. And each kid has a very different viewpoint and personality. Because you have... I, and I forgot all the names of it, unfortunately. But you have the twins, Ronnie and... The, the other one starts with an R, too. Maybe Randy and Ronnie, who are... I think it's Remy. Remy, thank you. Who go off and they're the ones who find the people and get obsessed with like and I think Billy's the third one
0: yeah
1: um with feeding off of uh, humans because they're so used to eating like rats and stuff they find in the sewer and shit so now that they actually have a meal they get like blood hungry and then one of the twins ends up getting killed and now they're trying to figure out like how to survive because the humans are a little more powerful than they thought they would be yep and then you have the the teenager and the other girl who finds this human girl who um, basically is stranded now because her father was killed, because the father had killed the twin. And then they use him basically as a blood bag, so they're basically keeping um the daughter as a refugee and they interact with the rest of the kids in the vampire gang and now they're trying to figure out um what to do with her even though some of them want to eat her and some of them just want to protect her yeah um it, it it it's a very interesting take on a vampire story because usually you think of right off the bat vampires are just blood and and wanting to go after humans left and right, and in this, it's a little more complicated than that.
0: Yeah.
1: And they they never explain how we're in a post apocalyptic world. They never explain why there are vampires around. It's just it just throws you in, it and I kind of like you it. In there, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of mystery still, and it's definitely still an ongoing title. Um, it's good. it's
0: good to see the team up of uh, Lemire and yeah and uh Win again.
1: And and the Im- important thing with it too is it's black and white. Yeah, and then obviously they throw red in there when there's blood, but it's it makes it for a more bleak environment. Um, it's a it's a whole mood. (laughs) It is,
0: it is, and like, especially with the these two teaming up again, like because they did that Robin and Batman like three issue miniseries Mm -hmm. and like, and they did Ascender and Descender, and I think it's just a really good way to like. Like we've talked about this before when you're when you're a good writer you know how to choose your artist yep. and like obviously like if it works for them then it works for them like yep. between Ascender and Descender but no this has been such a good series yep. I've really been enjoying it um,
1: they're my second favorite duo I
0: like how there's excuse me <clears throat> I like how there's still a lot of mystery Yep. in the world it's like and like I think because like this past issue I think I read issue like eight or something eight or nine I can't remember how many issues it was. uh right
1: right well the first volume is the first 6 issues. Um I I haven't caught up on any of the the other issues past the first volume yet, but um it has potential to be a really good title though.
0: I mean I I'm, I'm I'm still very much
1: thoroughly enjoying it. You know what I would love is if it almost turned into The Walking Dead but for vampires. But uh, I, I don't think you could get Jeff Lemire to do a title for that long.
0: Yeah, probably not. Yeah, so issue 8 just came out last okay. week. Yeah. And after issue 7, they were on like a, like almost a month-long hiatus. Oh. But.
1: They're both busy boys.
0: But no, this uh, this past issue was really good. It kind of delved a little t- into more about... Um, I forgot one, uh, one of the characters. I think the one who doesn't talk.
1: Oh, um... I know who you're talking about, but I forgot what his name was. Yeah, is. I forgot his
0: name, but it, it it delved into a little more of his backstory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think it's really cool, because, like, like they, it, they're they obviously all divided amongst each other.
1: And they all have s- distinct personalities, which... Yeah. ...allows you to really, pay, really differentiate the characters. Um, yeah, I, uh... Ascender was going to be the next one I... T- the one of the ones I talk about, but I haven't finished that yet. But that also came out in 2022 and has been pretty freaking great so far. Yeah. Because Descender was fantastic too, so... Um, yeah, I like
0: how each of the kids has their own kind of, like, identity. You know, yeah. it's not just, hey, we're vampire
1: kids. Exactly. There's... there's uh... and, and they keep nodding to, like, their ancestors that told them to stay, but then they'll return. But it's been, like, hundreds of years since those elder vampires or ancestors took off so now a few of them are like all right we need to explore and find them and then some of them are like no they said that they would return and then and then the whole conflict between should we go or should we stay type of deal and then finally somebody leaves and shit goes to stuff goes to shit basically yeah um but there's still that overarching mystery of who are these ancestors what happened to the world and why are there just a a group of kids in this abandoned city why isn't there anything else in the city
0: yeah yeah so, no it's definitely it's definitely one of the good series
1: yeah that's that's my wrap-up of my three <laughs> uh, I, so, uh, oh <clears> oh <throat> real quick before you start talking about dc um I also have... I already did DC. Oh, you did do DC. I'm an idiot. Um, there are some DC titles that I've been following too, but I'm not caught up yet. Like DC vs. Vampires, Task Force C. Um, What was the other one I was following? There was a couple of them. I just haven't caught up to talk about them. So they very well could be mine for the year, but I haven't finished them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, mine, mine were kind of ones that are like ongoing this year and are also finished this year. But <clears throat> the, I'll talk about the my other three. But this one I wanted to talk about. This is my image one, uh, and I believe it finished this year. I can't remember. Um, you can go. F- feel free to take a look at it. It's I called haven't... the Good Asian.
1: I haven't heard. This of This was
0: one, one that kind of it wasn't under my radar. But, so, the way I kind of do my pull lists is, each month, I will, like, at the beginning of the month, I will go through, I will go through, I use, um, I use League of Comic Geeks for my pull list. Um, so I'll go through, and I'll go through each month, I'll go through what's coming out for the whole month, I'll make my list, I'll I'll give it to Newberry Comics, and they're really good about my list. But, so this... I think it came out in twenty twenty one. It ended in twenty twenty two, so this is basically a, uh, it's an Asian American mystery mystery noir comic. It's done by Pornsak Pish, Pick Pick Pickestote, with the uh, the arts by Alexandre Tefeng, Tefengi. very hard to talk it it feels it feels like they Um, chose
1: asian americans to write it
0: but it's it's really good and this was like this was under my radar and then after reading the first issue i was like wow i'm I'm completely hooked on this so basically it's about Mm. this guy called edison hark uh who he's just arrived into America from Hawaii. He's the, he was the first Chinese-American to become a police officer. Um, so he just arrived in San Francisco. And he's on a mission uh, for the man who took him in after his mother died. Um, so Mason Calloway is the guy who took him in. Uh, and his mom, I believe, if I remember correctly, was his uh kind of like secret lover um so mason's son asked edison to take the case and uh find her um and there's a lot of good themes in this especially with um mm-hmm. especially with the fact that they're dealing with uh asian americans and like the kind of i can't think of the word
1: uh sounds like it's in like the 30s.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: It's uh in the prohibition era, sounds like.
0: Yeah, so it it's it's this is right when they're under their the immigration ban. So there's a lot of themes that deal with racism in here, a mm-hmm. lot of themes that deal with, you know, rejection and you know, not everyone is cool with Edison being the first, you know, Asian American cop. Mm-hmm. Um and There's a lot of themes, like, especially, like, because Edison has to lie a lot when he's talking to, um, other Asian people because, obviously, they don't believe him or trust him because now that he's just a Mm -hmm. cop, you know. Um, there's a lot of, uh, parts in here where, like, it deals with, like, a lot of, like, real-world situations. Like, when you stumble upon a crime scene, you got a lot of, you know, like, rotting bodies with maggots and, um... There is a lot of good noir stuff in here too. Like it's it's a total detective oh. book. Like at each step of the way, you're learning something new, um, and like I definitely think like this this is one of, one of my sleeper hits. I gotta say, really? and like it ends on a really cool note too. Like especially like you think it's gonna like come back again, but like I don't. I mean, it could. It might not. I never know. But it's basically you know. A series that's, like, looking for truth when the facts don't exist.
1: Yeah, and I think what makes it a standout, too, as I was looking through the panels, is it It looks like the art style is from, like, the golden age.
0: Yeah, it's... uh So, Hark is actually... I was just reading an article about it. Uh, he's actually based off an actual um, Asian-American detective. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's he's basically unwelcome because he's been moving up the ranks uh and there's a lot of parts in here so like it i was reading a little bit about like how um uh, i probably mispronounced that but like he uh he ended up uh talking with like a few genealogists about you know asian americans Mm -hmm. and uh started talking about like you know to like people who grew up in that era uh but no it's really good I, I I it was definitely a huge sleeper hit for me and like I know I talked about it a few times with like a couple of my other friends but uh you know it, it's 10 issues 10 issues yeah so it's 10 issues and it's just you know it, it's just a, a good noir detective story if you're looking for something good and like it, t- so the it takes place in San Francisco, and then it goes back to Hawaii, and then it goes back to San Francisco again. So, you know, if you're looking for a good detective noir book, this is this is definitely the one to choose. So,
1: and it's is it still ongoing?
0: No, it was only just these ten issues. Okay. Uh, it kind of ended okay. on a little bit of a cliffhanger, so uh, there might okay. be another one. And I actually do think it was. Uh, I think someone bought the rights to it. Maybe a
1: sequel title with the title the bad Asian <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. well, I think someone bought the uh, the rights to it for a show or something um, but yeah that's my uh, that's my image okay. um, I do have three kind of honorable mentions this is still stuff that's kind of ongoing but I didn't want to talk about it because I know I want you to read them so uh my first one is that Texas Blood, which was recommended to me by my friend Dan, who works at Newberry. Um, this is still ongoing, and I'm really ashamed at the fact that I found it this year, because <laughs> it's like twenty issues now, and I'm just I'm mad that I didn't jump on this. Um, the same thing with Day Something's yeah. Killing the Children. I'm I'm mad I didn't jump on it when it came out, but this is a good kind of like another like noir kind of book that takes place just in Texas, and it's about, like, there's, there's different arcs in here that deal with, like, you know, crazy stuff that happens in Texas, not, like, you know, anything out of the ordinary, like, like, you just need to read it, it's really good, and I met the, I met Chris Condon at, a uh, uh, New York Comic Con this year, because Dan had me go and, uh, get some stuff signed for him but when i met chris conan i was like i was like man i'm so sorry that i just jumped on this but like it's so good like i was hooked after the first arc the second arc got better and the the, the third arc's just really good Mm -hmm. um that was my other image uh my other marvel is actually moon knight which i don't also don't want to talk about because i know you want to catch up on it but this has been a series that i've just been hooked on like since it started Um, it's a little difficult, different than your other typical Moon Knight books, but this, this definitely delves into a lot more history of it. And it's basically has a lot more of his, like, his street Moon Knight. Um, that's, but this is, this is definitely a series that I'm still very much enjoying and I, I have, you know, I haven't been disappointed by it. Um, and then my other one, my other DC, which I've been talking to death. Is Human Target. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it before, and I want to keep talking about it. It's fantastic. It's another good uh, noir detective story to figure out who poisoned the Human Target. So, um, this is up to nine issues. There's twelve issues, so we got three more left. Uh, once this is done, I'm definitely going to t- be talking about it because it's just a fantastic series. Um, but yeah, those were my three extras that I was going to talk about, but I didn't want to spoil anything. So, and of course, you know we have other stuff too. Like, we always talk about something's killing, killing the, the children, children, that whole universe, and you know, I know here and there. Like, there's only been one issue, but once upon a time at the end of the world, but like,
1: oh yeah, that's just starting. That's really that's good just so starting. Far. But
0: there was, you know, over over the. Over the year here, there has been a lot of good stuff coming out, and I'm sure we missed a lot of stuff. But this is just the stuff that we've been kind of enjoying mm-hmm.
1: lately. That's and,
0: not and, like of the normal tropes, you know.
1: And I and I am trying to to get back into the other big two. Um, so maybe next year when we have this conversation, I'll have more Marvel on DC titles. But yeah, like Human Target. To, to me, Image and Bo- Boom Studios have been the ones that have caught my eye the most. I've In actually really year.
0: been enjoying uh uh Aftershock and uh Yeah, I was going say Vault it's... Comics. I don't know if you've read anything yep. from Vault. Um But yeah, there's been a few good titles that have been coming out from, from Vault and uh Aftershock also. So I, I think some of these indie publishers are, I'm starting to, yeah,
1: they're, they're to get starting on board to grow. with. Yep. I'm um, I'm trying to find a, a quote.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, let us know what you guys are reading, and drop us a line somewhere, or if you want any recommendations, let us know. I, there's a bunch of stuff out there that I'm still reading. I still have two huge stacks of comics
1: to go through, and... I've I'm, got omnibus after omnibus to read, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh... I think once I'm done getting all caught up, I'm gonna start attacking my omnibuses. I still have the uh, my JSA ones I want to read, and uh, my Preacher ones.
1: Hmm. But so I got a quote before we before we wrap up. It is from She Hulk. It's a pretty simple one,
0: yeah.
1: but kind of encapsulates a lot of the stuff that we read. A little bit of insight in the She Hulk that I didn't really, you know, think of. And it is said by Jennifer Walters. It she says those with the most power have the most to answer for. Another way of saying with great power comes great responsibility. But, yeah, it's, yeah. similar. It's
0: a little on the nose, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Direct and straight to the point. <laughs> Don't know what episode it was, but she says it. Um. So, we have another episode coming up. It is gonna be, oh, that's gonna be our Chainsaw Man episode, right? Yeah. Chainsaw Man and. So we're gonna be
0: talking Chainsaw Man, uh, Invincible. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. And I think we're gonna do Diabolico too, the boys animated series.
1: Yeah, I just got a lot of TV to watch this week. Ah, but w- that works because I have a couple days off. We're good.
0: So we're gonna plan on doing those. So, uh, obviously we got a lot to talk about with Chainsaw Man and Invincible, but, um,. I think the the Harley Quinn show and Diabolical will be fun to talk about, too. Yeah. I actually just started watching season three of Harley Quinn, so...
1: So it's going to be an animated episode. It'll be
0: our animated episode. Not quite anime, but there's some anime um, in there. So we're doing kind anime. of like an animated thing. Yeah. Um, like and then it. after that, I think we got got to come up with some topics.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: we'll probably do a New Year's media wrap-up and...
1: Yeah, maybe like a shorter one and yeah. a recap and...
0: We'll, we'll talk about what we've kind of been enjoying throughout like media this year i think we should maybe talk about like some movies yeah obviously movies tv shows comics video games anime so we'll we'll kind of touch upon everything in that one yeah um but yeah that's gonna be our schedule and then we're gonna have to figure out stuff for the new year
1: yeah i i already have some ideas but
0: i i have a couple not a lot though but i think i think we're gonna make it work we're, we're we're sticking to our weekly schedule so I hope this is working out for you guys and you know you get to at least listen to something every week instead of every and let us know, know what you guys so.
1: <laughs> right like let 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 us know what you guys think too that helps us with this and how we plan things and what we can do to make this more popular than it is
0: yeah I think we might have to start like maybe doing a little poll or something
1: yeah like let us know what you guys want to hear um even some like critiques we're open to everything
0: yeah yeah, we're definitely good with that. We
1: want to grow. We want to continue with this. Yeah. I know we're at like at least 50 something episodes at this point. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 know, know, I know. I know the three hours might be a bit much for people, but, you know.
0: I know I've had a few a few new people start listening to it, like some of my Newberry Comics friends. There so. you go. But, but yeah. Hey. Anyways, so this is uh, Ray. You can find me at. Uh, Cap Flash on Instagram, Clark Ray Ken on Twitter, or our Adventure Geeks Facebook page.
1: And this is Eric. You can find me on Instagram at Easy Spidey Eight, and of course, our, our Adventure Geeks pages. So, thank you guys for listening again for another wonderful episode of the uh, uh, blah, 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 English of the Adventure Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Take care.